podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Imagine letting go of past hurts and pains, being able to express yourself and loving it, being more self-aware and aware of others, understanding yourself and others better, and understanding what it means to love and be loved, not obsessing about how you look and what you're going to eat. Imagine not stressing out about what you're going to wear because your clothes don't fit, Loving the holidays and going to parties. Feeling strong, confident, and healthy. Looking in a mirror and liking the person you see. Knowing how much you are loved by God. Being of service to others and living your life on purpose. If you embrace these secrets and make a little progress every day, you will move forward and begin to live a life of joy and flow. Your life will be filled with much more than food. You will have good days and bad days. Forgive yourself and keep moving. The goal is not perfection, but progress. You'll find much more than just the freedom to eat. I believe you will have the freedom to live the life you have always wanted or dreamed of, but may have forgotten. Valeria Tellis interviews Jackie Trotman. Jackie is an international and award-winning author of two books, God Notes, Daily Doses of Divine Encouragement, and The Freedom to Eat, 10 Secrets for Lasting Weight Loss and Inner Peace. Her meditation CDs, Be Still, Let It Go, and Trust, help people all over the world overcome PTSD, panic attacks, anxiety, and ceaseless mind chatter to find greater peace. She blogs at joyandflow.com, where she encourages readers to change their mindset from stressing and striving to allowing life to unfold as they follow their heart's desires and God's nudges. Here is the interview with Jackie Trotman. In your own words, who is Jackie Trotman? Oh, wow. I don't think I've ever had that question asked of me before. Wow, who is Jackie Trotman? (laughs) Well, I'd like to say that I'm an aware, uh, compassionate, and caring human being that has liked to take what I've 
learned and the hurdles and hardships and hurts and that have transformed me to help others learn and transform from their pain and experience themselves. Wonderful. Thank you. So I have a few warm-up questions for you before we talk about your book, The Freedom to Eat, 10 Secrets for Lasting Weight Loss and Inner Peace. So my first warm-up question is, what is another word for life? Being able to create. What is the opposite of life? Wow, you really... (laughs) These are warm-up questions. I'm still recovering from the initial one that you gave me. Uh, Ask me the question again. What's the opposite of... Of life. What is the opposite of life? Gosh, just just nothing, I guess. Mm, Nothing comes to mind, right? Interesting. No. Well, I mean, nothing. I don't know what would be life would be nothing. And you said life, another word for life is creating or creation. Yeah. Interesting. What is the meaning of freedom to you, Jackie? I know from freedom, uh, I know what the freedom to eat, and I know we're going to talk about the book, but freedom for me is really just, it's being free to be myself and it's being free to not listen to the outside voices that try to influence us what to be, what to do and to have. And it's, it's just having that freedom of peace to be able to express myself and just to be able to live my life. Uh, going back to that creating word again, just creating the life that I'd like to live. What is your greatest joy? I think my greatest joy, I love, I love the mornings and I love the routine in the morning when it's still dark. I get up really early. I make my coffee. The world is not awake yet. It's very still. And I just feel so just connected with God and that like everything's right with the world. What is the world's greatest need in your opinion? Oh, the world's greatest need I think is is love. I mean, I think love, people to love themselves and love for their neighbor, just for understanding that we're all connected and supporting and loving one another. Yeah. Is that um, your definition of love, that we all connected and supportive of one another? Well, I mean... Scripture says God is love and we were created out of love and we were created in God's image. So I think we're all, we're all just connected as part of that divine love that created us. Yeah. Speaking of God, where is God? Oh, God is everywhere. God is around us, within us, everywhere. What do you think is the purpose of your life? Boy, you really just don't ask light questions. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What is the purpose of my life? Well, I just feel like um, my purpose is to uh, encourage, to encourage others and to, to create and to help, I think to help others understand how much they are loved by God and to kind of distill the distorted image that we've maybe been 
that we've grown up with of kind of a dysfunctional, kind of a toxic religious God and um, finding, because then once we are clear who God is, then we can live with greater peace and freedom. Yeah, yes, yeah. It makes a lot of sense to me. So let's talk about the freedom to eat. What was the main inspiration to write the book? The Freedom to Eat, 10 Secrets for Lasting Weight Loss and Inner Peace. Well, I call God the God of Surprises because this book was never, (laughs) it was really kind of a surprise. I had quit my corporate job to write and create. My husband gave me the greatest gift to do that. And a friend of mine had reached out to me. She knew I'd quit to write. And she was putting on a Mind, Body, Spirit Expo in Fort Myers, Florida. And she said, I'd I'd love for you to come and speak. And I would love to publish a book uh, if you would write it. You know, let's do that. And I said, Carolina, I have no idea what I would like to talk about. And she said, well, you can talk about a million things. Let's get on a, a call next week. And I hung up the phone and it was like, the freedom to eat. I mean, I knew I just had to share my struggle of how I had overcome my obsession with body image and weight and dieting and how I was free. And so what was interesting was that was June 1st. The conference was August 1st of the same year. And it just poured out of me. It just poured out. The story was within me. Yeah. How wonderful. And by reading your book, the freedom to eat could easily become the freedom to live. (laughs) So that's one of my first questions, inner peace. What is the connection between weight loss and inner peace? But before that, um, what is your definition of inner peace? It's getting rid of the negative thoughts, the, the like churning, the churning thoughts and comparison that our society just really bombards us with at such a subliminal level that we don't realize it. And that's just those thoughts of I'm not good enough. I'm, I don't look this way. I don't have these things. And it's not, it's, not listening to that anymore and listening to that still small voice that you have inside of you, which is really the truth to tell you who you are. And it's just being at peace and just not having those obsessive thoughts anymore. Right. I like that. makes a lot of sense to me. I just wanted to elaborate a little bit more so listeners understand the relationship between weight loss and inner peace. Well, and I love that word relationship because I know I was interviewing another author and she had had issues with weight. And one of the questions I asked her was, um, what was your relationship with food? And she went, whoa, relationship with food. I never thought about my relate, like a relationship. Right. And so that relationship with weight loss and inner peace is that the weight that we carry, we think it's just physical weight and it's not just physical weight. It's once we understand that it's not all physical and we start to really get to the point of those 
the weight that we carry emotionally, spiritually. It could be something that happened to our in our childhood or something recent, but something that we literally stuff down. <laughs> and for me, I stuff that down with food and alcohol. And that's the relationship is the getting to understanding that it's beyond just physical weight. It's the emotional and spiritual weight that we carry, which actually free us from the physical weight. Wow. So far, you have been saying a lot the phrase, listen to your own voice, the inner voice, to listen to ourselves. So I'm wondering, um, how do we know for sure that we are listening to the right voice? Because food can be fun too. Sometimes people binge just for the fun of it. Maybe that's not doesn't have any relationship with uh, spiritual weight or anything that's negative. So I'm wondering what is the difference between the, the right voice or the healthy voice and the unhealthy voice? Well, getting to listen to the voice is, is you almost have to learn to, to be still. There's so many voices that we're not even aware of because we've got the voices of society, you know, with all the bombardment of the images and, you know, what we're supposed to to look like and be like and eat. And, and then we have the voices that we were raised with. It could be our, our parents, our religious background, our, you know, pastors, there could be teachers, all these voices saying, you know, you should do this or you should do that. Or, you know, this is more practical or it's getting in touch with knowing what makes you feel good and feel at peace because we have instincts and we have feelings and you know when something's not right but so often we ignore it and and then we we then we start all those doubts again the oh i don't know if i do this or they're they're telling me to do that and i don't know if i would fail it, it's just this whole ping pong match going on and you just have to be you have to learn to be quiet and understand it's like, but what do I want? What do I really feel that's right for me? It's hard if you've been listening to all those voices and you don't uh, have the opportunity to be still. And people are afraid of silence. Um, I mean, just being in a conversation with someone and, and very few people listen, you know, are they're are there getting ready to say what they're going to say next? Or they just can't stand if there's any break in the conversation, if there's any silence. I mean, in musical terms, some of the greatest pieces of music are those little rests between the notes. And so profound to have that bit of silence. And we, we live in a noisy world and we just don't do that. And we're also afraid if we do get silent, then we are going to ha have to face that pain that we have been stuffing down and we want to avoid that. But it gets to a point where then that voice, and I said that with, within us, what will really start to scream when it's not heard. I love that. How do we learn to be quiet? Um, would you say meditation is one of these, one of the methods to get there? Oh, absolutely. And I have to say for me, meditation, I thought meditation was doing nothing 
when people would talk about meditation, I was a busy marketing executive at the time. And I'm like, meditation, who has time to do nothing? I don't have time to do that. And what I was encouraged, though, is that uh, I was on an Advent retreat. And one of my favorite authors was leading the retreat. And he said, by show of hands, who in the room has come to meditation out of desperation? And there were about 50 people in the room and half the room raised their hands. And I had come to meditation out of desperation too. And it was, I was a marketing consultant. I was working out of my house. There was a conference call that was happening and it kept getting pushed back. And my son was with me and he was at college. So it was rare that he was home with me. And we were supposed to have lunch together. Well, the call just kept getting pushed off. And then finally we got carry out and then we sat down to eat and the conference call was on. I just remember I was so mad. I was so mad. And I'm standing at the counter with the mute button on. I'm eating my chicken salad. And after the call, I thought, I am losing my mind. And someone had given me a meditation CD ages ago. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to try this because I got to do something. And popped it in and, and it was like 10 minutes and 20 minutes. And I thought, well, I can't do nothing for 20 minutes. So I'll do the 10. And it was like, it was instant. I mean, it was like this instant calmness. And then from then on, I, I just loved it. Yeah, the benefits, right, Jackie? In your book, you say, it is not good to hold on to secrets. So my question is, why and how do secrets relate to food and our need for control or of not being controlled? Well, and I, I'm going to see if I can turn to it here. I think in right in the beginning that I said the word um, secrets, I had used that intentionally. It wasn't this kind of, you know, marketing like, oh, secrets is going to sound good. Um, but I have the word secrets is used intentionally because the definition of secret means something that is meant to be unknown or unseen by others concealed in such a way as is to be accessible only to the person or persons concerned, something that is kept a secret. And then I go into telling Patty's story, uh, who is a chef, and we were sharing together, and she heard about my book and the name of it. And uh, she shared with me that she had been anorexic, and uh, and I had been bulimic. And the, the secrets, when we have a secret, it, it causes like this shame, uh, shame and guilt, which are super heavy. When we hold on to those type of secrets or things that we've done wrong, or it, it just weighs, there's that weight again, that that is that spiritual weight that just weighs us down and it keeps us from our freedom. So it's not a good idea to hold on onto secrets. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the question, I guess, is uh, how do we find the courage to really reveal them? Well, I, I also cite in the book, there's lots of research that getting stuff out is cathartic and healing. And even if you journal something, it's not as powerful as you can confide in someone, but still it's been proven that medically it reduces stress to get that out. And then if you can 
you know, have a trusted, and it's important to have a trusted source, either a very trusted friend or a therapist or pastor or someone that you can kind of get this off. I I think it's interesting because I have people email me and I'm shocked at what they share with me. I mean, unbelievable, horrific things. And I read these emails and I think, oh my goodness, how am I going to respond to these people? And then every, (laughs) I swear, every time, like a minute later, I get an email from that same person. They go, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. Um, uh, Thank you so much that I was able to share this with you. So let's talk about diets. Yeah, Yeah, that's um, speaking of secrets. And yeah, talk to me about how dieting and the obsession with the body can cause stress and anxiety. I mean, first, I think it's trying to conform to an image. And and thankfully, in our society, we have a few more images that are a little more realistic than when I was growing up. But it's still, you know... You're not, I'm not going to be five foot 11 unless I wear five inch heels, you know, I mean, and there's some people that are built, you know, more of pear shaped or, you know, different body types that you're just not going to conform to that image. And so dieting, I think most people also, uh, they diet for some reason, it's some outside, like how they're going to look on the outside or they have an event, you know, like a wedding or a reunion or something. And they say, I'm going to lose weight for this, for this event. And so then it's going on this uh, drastic diet, which I was always, you know, going on drastic diets all the time. And it's, um, it's just not, when we talked earlier about love, it's just not loving yourself. And when you go on these diets, um, I heard somebody say diet has the word die in it. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> because you feel like you're going to die, you know. Um, but, it, you know, when you have this restrictive, like I used to do this insane thing. Anytime I was going to go on my diet of the week, whether it was, I mean, in the old days, it was either Scarsdale or Atkins or whatever crazy diet there was. I would eat like everything that wasn't on the diet, like cookies and cakes and hamburgers and all this stuff I would I would eat before I'd go on the diet. So crazy. I mean, crazy. I gained five pounds before I'd go on the diet, you know, and then I restrict myself from all that. And it's, I mean, you can eat anything and that's kind of the freedom to eat is it's okay. It's not okay given our American diet, I, I think for, um, I mean, I know, not I think, as far as the high fat and fried stuff and all the stuff that's unhealthy for us. But um, diets are just, they don't work. It's like having this solid nutrition program that you're going to feed your body the fuel that it needs. I eat more now than I ever did on a diet because I'm healthy now and I can eat. I mean, and I know when I stop, when I'm full, I don't, I don't like to be too full anymore. And I also know when I've had too much, I kind of reel myself in or try to eat a little healthier. And the next time 
it's just a balance. Yeah, I love that. Would you call that uh, intuitive eating? Absolutely. Yes. That's another uh, term. Um, but this is not a kind of another kind of diet, is it, Jackie? Oh no! And I, I say very, I, I say in the early chapters, if you're looking for a diet du jour, this this book is not for you. So, <laughs> so no, it's absolutely not a diet. I don't even tell people, you know, what to eat. I think I'm not a nutritionist. Uh, I feel they should. I mean, it's common sense of. And, and it's when you were saying intuitive eating, I know I've just really heard of that because some people, they don't, their body, I have a friend who's violently ill if she eats gluten, you know, and she's had to listen to her body that that's, that she has to avoid those type of things. So it's just, you know, common sense, fruits, vegetables, high complex carbs, proteins, you know, staying hydrated eating, eating enough, you know, making sure you either you have breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or if you, if, if you're better off eating, you know, six smaller meals a day, whatever feels good for you. Yeah. And that's the measurement, the way we should live. Like you have been talking about listening to the voice within, also listening to the body. Same thing goes back to self-knowledge. Yeah. So in your book, you say when we embrace an intimate relationship with a loving God, miracles happen. So my question is, when did your idea of God changed? A lot of what helped me with with that was finding a really loving church where I listened to a message from the pulpit that described the God that I knew had to exist. You know, I mean, I, I mentioned I was in uh, sales and marketing and I would listen to a lot of, you know, motivational uh, CDs and, and, uh, and such. And I thought, wow, you know, why can't church be like that? Um, as opposed to, you know, all I heard was I was a miserable sinner and um, I say, God was going to squish me like a bug if I stepped out of line. And I kept thinking, well, if I'm, you know, saved and loved and why do I have to keep hearing that I'm the miserable sinner? And I, I and so really that, that changed a lot for me, uh, attending my church. And then my pastor gave a sermon on prayer and that was very impactful because he said, prayer was talking to God, just like you and I are talking during this podcast. And I thought, Wow. You know, I always did this, you know, dear Heavenly Father, and then gave my laundry list a request and then asked for forgiveness and then followed up with an amen, you know, and I never thought about a conversation. Um, and then with meditation, I, I always say that prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening to God. Mm -hmm. Wow. I never heard it that way. I love that. Thank you. You say that freedom comes in living life in a spiritual flow. And then you talked about um, how spirituality is different from being religious. Do you have an idea why the church in organized religion, they teach this idea of God, that punishing God, the, um, the, the sins and all that, those restricting and limiting ideas about ourselves. Religion is good to put into 
con- like a context about God and through our various, you know, um, scriptures and it's a wonderful framework. And I don't know, it just, you know, we're human. <laughs> so I guess all the various denominations believe their, you know, certain way and through tradition and interpretation, that's what they believe. It might be too complex, right, to understand. But what you said makes sense is the idea that they have this conditioned or conventional idea about God, learned, uh, and then they just pass that on. Yeah, it can get really complicated how everything was chosen and, uh, yeah. Right. So, talk to me about denial and food as comfort. Is denial the same as keeping secrets? Well, first, I think denial is kind of a mechanism that protects us to some extent. During this time, as we're recording this, we're going through this coronavirus outbreak. And I believe what we're feeling right now is denial because it's, you know, in in one respect, you think, oh, this can't believe it's happening. And then you start to go through kind of all the stages of grief in a a way. Um, So denial, I think, I think it helps us to, uh, it's almost like, um, you know, when we're fearful or something awful happens, it, it kind of protects us in a way. But then it gets to a point where you really kind of use it uh, to shut off feelings to not deal with it. And how does it relate to uh, using food as comfort? Well, it's pleasurable. I, I think we're kind of raised that food is comfort. I mean, I would think most of our mothers or grandmothers would yeah. cook something for us. Or I mean, my mother was like, you know, eat something, you'll feel better. Uh, so, you know, cookies or anything like that is, I mean, it's pleasurable and it's, it is comfort. I mean, they even call things comfort food, right? Like mashed potatoes and meatloaf and all that sort of thing. It's filling, I think it's comfort because it's literally, it's a metaphor like for filling up, like you're filling yourself up physically, but that's where that spiritual, you can be empty. And when we go to that, we're not even aware of it. We're not even aware of it. it I was not aware of it. And I know it wasn't until that I said in the book that my I was taking lessons from my choir director and we were right in the middle of this lesson and he stopped abruptly and he spun around on the piano bench and he planted his feet on the floor and he just barked, why won't you let go? And I, I was like, oh my gosh, I know why I'm not letting go. And he was talking about my voice, <laughs> not my life. But it was like that moment was, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, this bucket of water has been thrown in my face that I know why I'm not letting go. And it's like everything came up out of that little incident. And that's powerful, isn't it, Jack? Letting go. People also say, use different words, acceptance, surrender. Do you connect them? Letting go, surrender, and acceptance? Well, all the secrets I say build upon each other. So um, awareness 
yeah, first you're aware of what your behaviors are. And then acceptance is, you know, accepting that you've done this or you've caused behaviors that were harmful. And then instead of, you know, beating yourself up again, which might be your go-to stance, you know, I'm not worthy, I'm an idiot, I can't do this, you know, instead of doing that anymore, it's like, no, I accept you know, what it, what has happened. I accept what I've done. It's taking responsibility, accepting if someone has harmed you, if, you know, some horrible thing caused you to react this way in the past, it's accepting it. It's not, um, it's not, um, I mean, you can't deny that it happened anymore and that it wasn't painful, but then you've accept that it's happened and then you can move on. And then that's where that letting and letting go of that. And acceptance is something that, you know, we just, any kind of change, the the more we can practice acceptance, it's just one of the most, the biggest spiritual principles that we can learn because life changes all the time. And, And as we're aging, I mean, I can, I can, you know, get really upset. I see a new bag or sag, um, because of my getting older, I can, you know, feel really bad about it or suffer uh, because of it, or I can just accept it and say, you know, this is what it is. I'm not going to let that steal my joy. Yeah. And that might be part of the state of inner peace that we talked earlier. Oh, absolutely. All right. So I have, uh, I think, two more questions before we talk about the secrets. And um, maybe you might not uh, disclose all the 10 secrets, but I'll ask you, we'll go through some of them. How did your relationship with food change after getting pregnant and also getting married? Uh, It changed a lot when I got pregnant because I was able to eat whatever I wanted, (laughs) 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 which which I did and gained 60 pounds. So I definitely, but, but actually that was really liberating because I was not dieting. Like it was the first time since I was pregnant when I was 35. So it was the first time since I was probably 12 years old that I wasn't dieting. And then after the fact, I kind of lost my desire for food. I kind of, you know, toned down that for a while, but then it, it started to come back again as far as the gaining weight and losing weight and going back on diets. Right. So, right. so this is a, a concern because so many of us use this mechanism of comparison to feel better about ourselves so to make change even. So how do we become aware of unhealthy comparisons? And what are the unhealthy sources that we should avoid, like television, social media, or certain magazines too? Yes, all of of those. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I have this kind of love-hate relationship with social media. I'm trying to embrace it because I see where it can benefit for me to try to be positive out there. Um, but, but even when I spend time out there, I just find myself, you know, comparing myself to the, you know, oh, this person's on this vacation or this person doing that, or this, their family is perfect or, and the, yeah, just magazines that I don't know. I don't, um, 
I don't read a lot of that or the television programs. Um, I don't know, probably a lot of those reality shows or, you know, just being kind of fixated on all the, the outward stuff, I guess. But do you watch TV these days? Oh, I do. I do. I, uh, yeah, I love inspirational stuff. So I love the, um, I love all the, the voice and American Idol, the competitions for singing and CBS Sunday morning is like this very, uh, inspirational program. And yeah, I, I watch. You're selective. Yeah. Oh, I'm very selective. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And that comes from awareness, right, Jackie? Being more aware of what is uh, beneficial, healthy, and what's not. Yeah, and I can't watch violent. Uh, I can't watch violent movies anymore. I don't. I don't read. Um, you know, there were some mystery writers I used to love, and I they disturb my spirit. I so even that. As far as inner peace, it's not only this. You know, outward, uh, physical part, but it's also, I don't think we were ever meant to be exposed to so much violence um, that we are with the news and with movies and that, that disturbs your peace. Yes, I agree. I agree. A hundred percent. I think my other question was about yoga. In what ways yoga helped you to become more aware of yourself and, and helped with weight loss and, and everything else that's healthy? Yeah, you had just touched on the word uh, or for listening and listening to your body uh, because I, I turned to that prior to meditation because it was not doing nothing. It was doing something physical, <laughs> but, um, but I turned to that and I was just, I was just shocked instantly again. For me, it was just the, the uh, recording I had watch. She was talking about being gentle and treating yourself gently. And I was always beating myself up. And then, and then it was just being in that moment and focusing on your body. And I just remember for the first time after I had done the yoga and, and noon had rolled around and I always ate whenever it was meal time. you know, if it was breakfast, I ate. If it was lunch, I ate. If it was dinner, I ate. Whether I was hungry or not, I just ate. And, you know, noon rolled around one day and I wasn't hungry. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm able to listen to my body, like what it needs. So that was really profound. Wow. And sometimes it can be very subtle, right? Those chains. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so simple to understand, but it takes, like we talked earlier, being quiet, listening, first learning to be quiet through meditation. Do you have another method besides meditation that can help us to become quieter? I journal a lot. I, I have always journaled. So that's one of the things uh, that I do is, is journal and you're certainly quiet and you can get to your, your innermost thoughts that way. And then nature is always a wonderful thing to, to get out into nature and to hear, you know, it's, it's turning springtime here and the, the birds are just, I mean, to hear the birds in the morning, it's, you could just tell they're happier because it's, it's spring is coming. True. Yeah. I love living close to nature. Yeah. There's nothing like it. I agree. I agree. And it might be that the silence, right? There's 
wise and profound silence within them. Um, although I don't think that we are separate from nature. We are all nature as well, but we are less in touch with the source, the silence that has so much, that has everything in it. Uh, so let's talk about the 10 secrets. Um, let me know, do you want to go through all of them, some of them? I don't care, whatever you would like. Okay. So we talked about awareness. That's the first one. Do you want to say anything else about awareness, Jackie? Well, just that it's the key to everything. Like like you were talking about the, the silence and listening, and it, it's just being aware of everything. Second, uh, acceptance. And then third, throw away the scale. This is funny. Uh, let go of judgments. <laughs> so... Why, yeah, why do you recommend that we just um, uh, remove, eliminate the scales from our house? Because it's measurement. And, and I think that's another thing with uh, social media and everything that we talked about. It's measuring, like we're constantly measuring ourselves. It just can be a source of distress. I mean, I know I cite in the book, there was, a, I know a couple people there, and it's, it's interesting. The two people are both numbers people. They were both accountants and they don't have any issue with the scale, but then they deal with numbers all the time. You know, that's kind of their thing. So it was a big problem for me. Yeah, I think for most of us, I agree. And that has to do with judgment, which is another huge topic. So to become less judgmental, I mean, the way I understand, the less judgmental we are toward um, ourselves, then we tend to be to act and behave the same way towards um, other people. And that has to do with this, uh, the fourth secret, learn to be still, let go, and trust by practicing meditation. So uh, we talked about that earlier too. Um, five, use moderation, listen to your body, eat what you crave. Do you want to add anything, Jackie, to these two, four and five? Well, I kind of mentioned, um, we talked about meditation, I think, pretty much. Um, on, and I had talked about how I used to eat everything before I would go on a diet. You know, it's just if you, if you feel like something to eat, then eat it. Because otherwise, it's, you know, you're going to go down this rabbit hole of eating all this other stuff. And you'd just be better off having what you crave. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. It goes back to uh, yeah, self-knowledge again, awareness, right? Self-awareness. And then six, discover who you really are. Discover your strengths and talents. This is a very interesting one because that's why I ask, that's my first question to all of my guests. Like, who are you? Who is Jackie? How did you discover your strengths and talents? At what point in your life you knew for sure that you're being true to yourself? Oh, gosh, it, it wasn't until probably within the last 15 years or so. What's Im important, and it seems like, gosh, you know, you're talking about losing weight and all this stuff. And with being obsessed, when you're just obsessed with your weight and your appearance, you, you really lose sight of what's super important. It's like such a distraction that, that your mind is just cluttered with these thoughts all the, the time of this outward, you know, appearance and how you, how you look and, and, and how you feel and that you don't, you don't focus on really your true, who you are, like the unique you. 
that was created. So that's why that's part of that. Yeah. And that comes from, you mentioned the word before, obsession could become an addiction then, which is a clinical word. Would you like to say, add anything or read a passage in your book, Jackie, before I ask you a few questions, final questions unrelated to the subject? We've covered so much. I don't think so. We've covered a lot. Yes. Maybe one thing we didn't uh, have here made a note about clutter that also helps to live a simple life. Do you want to add anything to that? Well, and that was kind of clutter. That's what opened my eyes to to things. Uh, Not only clutter in the mind, but just clutter in, in your surroundings. And that, you know, that's an additional weight on you. So I kind of go into addressing all of that. Yeah. And in the way, when we unclogged the mind, then automatically we unclogged the physical surroundings, right? Mm-hmm. That includes relationships too, people around us and all that, which is wonderful. So my final questions, how do you define success? What is to be successful? Oh, boy, that has changed so, so much for me. Success is, is really having that inner peace. And it's being able to, you know, listen to that still small voice inside of me and feel those nudges uh, that God gives to me to take inspired action. So it's just kind of being led and guided and and then helping others along the way too. Oh, I love that. Uh, inspired actions. Right. What was the hardest lesson to learn about yourself? Wow, I'm kind of a control freak, but I really am I really am in control of my emotions and how I respond that I can uh, create whatever it is that I want to create, that I have that power to do that, and it's embracing that power. I hadn't really thought about that of of truly embracing and accepting uh, the power that God has given me. Yeah, and a lot of times we confuse control with choosing. That might be being able to see the possibilities. Yeah, not just me, but everyone. Yeah. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? I hadn't ever really heard it put that way before. (laughs) <laughs> well, if I believe in unconditional love, I have to believe in unconditional self-love. So, but that's not always easy. But then again, that's a choice again. So, yeah, it's a possibility, right? It is a possibility. Yeah. What is another word for healing? Wholeness. If you knew you would die soon, meaning losing the body, would you make any change in your life? Do anything differently? You know, I, I um, for, for Christmas, I gave to my husband, I wrote a love letter to him once a week and I put them in a box. So I did 52 letters. And in the course of doing those letters, I realized even now that I am creating my life and I'm you know, writing and I'm doing books and meditations and other creative projects that I was still putting too much emphasis on work or performance. And 
I have to really work hard and not work hard. I have to be more mindful of what is truly most important and to let go of this measurement thing, or if I don't have enough sales or I don't have enough followers or, you know, it's, it's that measurement of letting go with that. So it's changing. It's just being mindful of, of stopping and really focusing on spending time with my husband and we do spend time, but I, I tend to, I tend to really work too hard and think about all those things. Don't we all? I think we all can relate to that, Jackie. Do you believe in life after death? I do. I have no idea what it's going to look like, but we better because I think that this life is so ridiculously short that I I want to have God cornered and ask all these questions that I have that I want to have answered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? I know for sure that we were created in love by a loving God. I know that for sure. I know that we are capable of so much. And I know that we are all connected. You said earlier about creation, being connected to creation. Um, that we're all created and that we can change the world if we just love and accept and care for one another. True. Um, I lost count. Was that two? I think that was three. I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe these questions. Oh my goodness. They're such deep, deep questions. Yeah, I guess I'm trying to do that before I die. <laughs> I have some of these answers from other voices. We all have so much wisdom and we express them different ways. Thank you so much, Jackie, for your presence and your sharing your wisdom. Well, it's, one, it's wonderful what you are asking. Very wise questions. So thank you for for allowing me to be a part of it. Yeah, thank you. Where can we find more information about you, your books, services, and future projects? Uh, you can go to JackieTrotman.com. Um, are you on social media too? Jackie, Facebook, LinkedIn? Yes, audio. I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Pinterest, and Instagram. And Jackie Trotman is where I am across those platforms wonderful thank you so much again and we'll talk soon bye for now okay thank you bye-bye thank you for listening to learn more about jackie trotman please visit her website jackietrotman.com about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Bigrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now.